3: Pedro, a Panama Indian, brings word to his master, known only as J-7, that Jungle Jim, Kitty, and Kolu are in the vicinity. J-7 immediately orders Pedro and his cracked native woodsmen to scatter into the jungle, hunt down, surround Jim's party, and kill them. Meanwhile, Jim, sensing danger, splits up his party, sending Kitty and Kolu back to Gatton Lake to investigate the activities of the planters in that area. As soon as Jim is alone, he begins building a big smoky fire to attract Pedro's manhunters. Then he climbs into a huge tree, changes to a camouflage suit of green buckskin, and practically invisible from the Indians, he silently waits for them to appear. When they do arrive on the scene, they're puzzled when they find the big fire but no trace of anyone near it. A careful search reveals no trace of Jim. And Quinto, J7's Indian servant, reports back to his master that Jim and his party have disappeared. Enraged, J-7 orders the hunt intensified, then returns to his home through a secret tunnel that connects his hideout with his house on Gatton Lake. There he is informed by a servant that Kitty and Kolo are on the nearby ridge. Through his field glasses, he watches them study a map, then start toward his house. He prepares to welcome them.
2: Well, Colo. If we followed the course on that map correctly, this place ahead of us must be Doc Beard's house.
1: Kolo, sure we follow right course, Mrs. St. John.
2: All right, Kolo. Then we'll go in. Doc Beard is listed as a friendly, trustworthy planter.
1: That's what Twan Jim say. Army man. Tell him we go here now.
2: Yes, Kolo. Look. There's a man coming out on the porch. That must be Doc Beard.
0: How do you do? You're looking for me, I think.
2: Are you Doc Beard?
0: Yes. And you must be the young lady in the party Colonel Barrett told me to expect.
2: Colonel Barrett told you to expect her?
0: Yes, that is, if you're a member of Mr. Bradley's party, you fit the description all right. Miss uh <laughs> goodness me, isn't that embarrassing? I've forgotten your name. Colonel Barrett told me to expect a Mr. Bradley, his Hindu servant, and a very beautiful young lady, a eh, Miss Now, isn't that annoying?
2: Wasn't it Mrs. St. John, Mr. Beard?
0: Exactly, Mrs. St. John. Now, why should I forget a familiar name like that? Familiar? Well, why not? As there's St. John in the New Testament, one of the disciples. <laughs> then Urban St. John, or St. John, as the British pronounce it. <laughs> I o- never
2: thought of that. You must be a literary man, Mr. Beard.
0: Well, I have the reputation of being a bookworm, Mrs. St. John. I've quite a library for an out-of-the-way place like this. And although I've written a few papers, I could... Hardly be called a literary man. (laughs) Goodness gracious, I'm forgetting my manners, keeping you standing out here. Come, come into the house. You must be tired after your journey.
2: Well, I would appreciate a chance to wash up and perhaps change my
1: clothes. Of
0: course, just step right this way. Oh, Sudra, Sudra. Uh,
1: Yes, master.
0: We have guests. Show this lady's manservant to his quarters, then bring her pack to the guest room.
1: Yes, master, follow me, please.
0: You call if you need me, Mrs. St. John. Yes, Colu. I thought perhaps you might like a tall, cool, refreshing drink before you go to your room, Mrs. St. John.
2: Thank you, Mr. Beard. I enjoy it very much.
0: Good. Come up on the porch and settle yourself in one of these nice, easy chairs here. You'll find them very comfortable indeed. (sighs) (laughs) There we are. Try that chair, Mrs. St. John. I have a nice planter's punch already prepared. Oh. I was about to enjoy one when I saw you come up though I didn't expect such charming company. Thank you. There you are, Mrs. St. John. I think you'll find that will just hit the right spot.
2: I'm sure it will. I've had rather a hard day.
0: The heat here is rather oppressive if you're not used to
2: it. Oh, I don't mind the heat so much. You see, I lived in the tropics for the past four years, although not in this part of the world. Oh,
0: in the Orient, perhaps?
2: Not quite. Now here in the South Seas.
0: Oh, I see. You, uh... Just arrived in the Canal Zone less than a week ago, Colonel Barrett tells me. He made part of the journey into the Gatton Lake District by a motorboat just two nights ago, I believe.
2: Why, yes. Although I must confess I'm, I'm rather surprised to find you so well informed of our movement.
0: Well, being an old friend of Colonel Barrett's, and one he places the utmost confidence in, he naturally sent word that your party was in this vicinity... And to be sure to extend you every courtesy when you dropped in on my plantation.
2: Oh, that explains everything. Except
0: the absence of your associate, Mr. Bradley, or Jungle Jim Bradley, to give him his more familiar title. He evidently had business elsewhere.
2: Yes, he remained in the jungle country while we came down to get acquainted with the planters in this area.
0: I see. That, my dear lady, is a dangerous place for a man to be alone. You see, the Indians here are still pretty wild and untamed. Furthermore, they resent the intrusion of strangers. Perhaps Colonel Barrett has failed to inform you that he's lost some of his best men at the hands of the Indians. Their weapons are primitive, but noiseless and very deadly. Bone arrows. Arrows tipped with a deadly poison.
2: We have been duly impressed with all the dangers of your mission here. But a jungle Jim Bradley says... We have a sacred duty to perform, and nothing must stand in the way of its completion.
0: Oh, yes, yes, I understand now. Then there is something more than just wild rumor to this sabotage plot.
2: Oh, then you know about it, too?
0: Well, not intimately, no. Just the usual gossip and rumors. But in a country like this, where there are few white men and very few Americans, one learns of these things, especially when the common danger threatens us all.
2: Then you don't have many neighbors, Mr. Beard.
0: No, there are only, oh, I should say, half a dozen plantations bordering the lake, in addition to this one. And only two of those are owned by Americans. They're both very friendly and reliable. And the others? Absentee ownership, but managed by resident overseers. I'm not well enough acquainted with them to offer any reference as to their character.
2: Do they live very far away?
0: Yes, I should say some, oh, 30 or 40 miles. But oh. you see, there are no roads connecting the plantations. Just rough trails hewed out of the jungle. Hmm. But if you're thinking of paying them a visit, let me warn you, it's a tedious, hazardous trip.
2: Well, I did have some idea of paying them a visit sooner or later.
0: I see. Of course, if I knew what you definitely had in mind, I might be able to be of some assistance. i rather hesitate to put forward any suggestion, but...
2: Oh, please, Mr. Beard. Don't hesitate to suggest anything you might think would help.
0: Well, you don't know me very well... This is only our first meeting. Oh, come now, Mr. Beard.
2: After all, Colonel Barrett has assured us you would be friendly and cooperative. And he has given you all the information about us. So why shouldn't we trust each other? Well,
0: it's only a suggestion, mind you. But at the same time, extending my hospitality. But here it is. Why not make this your headquarters? Allow me to put you and your manservant up here in fairly... Comfortable quarters, as comfortable as I have. You can come and go as you please.
2: Why, that would be splendid, Mr. Beard.
3: And so the completely unsuspecting Kitty steps right into the trap. The sinister J-7, now posing as a kindly old planter, has so cleverly set for her. Having won her confidence, he has lured her into his home, where to all intents and purposes, she will be nothing more than a prisoner. In the meantime, deep in the jungle, Jim has set his trap, and cleverly camouflaged in his suit of green buckskin, he waits in the fork of a huge tree to catch his first victim. Down below him, the bewildered Indians, attracted by the smoke of his fire, search vainly for some trace of him.
1: It is as I say, Quinto, this gringo is a devil man. He is possessed of some strange magic that makes him disappear. Uh, do not speak so, Pedro. It angers the master. He swears there is no magic, that we are like children to believe in it. Ah. The gringo is no man of magic. He is here. The master says he must be found. Then let the master come to hunt him. He will see we do not speak with false tongues. Are these not the best, the bravest hunters of our tribe? Have we not beaten the jungle clean? Do not their eyes see the mark of the smallest animal. Yes. Yet find no mark of the stranger. There is magic in that man, I say. He works with the devil ones, the evil ones of the jungle. No, no, Pedro, it is not so. We must find the gringo stranger and destroy him, or the master will destroy us. Remember that. Now we will go again into the jungles and hunt him. While I stay behind to guard the fire and watch for the gringo stranger to return. Eh, yeah. we will do as you say, Quinto. We will hunt once more, but I tell you, we will not find him. You stay, I go. Well, they've
4: gone again. But this time, they left one man behind. Well, boy, oh boy, this is my chance. He's almost directly underneath me. Now, if I can drop this rope over his head and pull the noose tight before he has a chance to yell... I can haul him up quickly and hide the body up here. Oh, good. He's bending forward, staring into the jungle. A perfect target. Well, here goes. Uh, I got him. Oh, boy, oh, boy, is he kicking. Up you come. And I'll pass the rope around the trunk of this tree and hold him in midair for a minute till he quits kicking I wonder where the others are. Well, still no one else in sight. Oh, good. He's quieter down now. Now to hold him up. Uh, uh, that's getting him. A little bit higher. Ah, uh, fine. Now I can put my arms around him, haul him, and tie him securely to the tree trunk out of sight. And then to see what will happen. See,
1: see, Quinto is gone. It is the magic of the gringo who works with the evil ones. See, he stood here in the long grass. No footprints. He did not run away. See, the grass stands high. It is not beaten down or broken. Quinto did not fight. There are no footprints of the gringo's boots. No trail in the grass. Where is Quinto? Where's the gringo? It is the magic of the evil
3: one. Deep in the jungle, Jim has struck his first blow against the hostile Indians, the allies of the sinister J-7. Preying upon their fear and superstitions, he has sent them scurrying into the jungle, terrorized by the strange disappearance... ...of one of their hunters. But what is happening back at the house of J-7... ...where Kitty and Kolu face a far greater danger? Don't miss the next exciting episode... ...in the Adventures of Jungle Jim. And now for the news... ...of another exciting model airplane... ...being featured in the Comic Weekly. The model that comes to you with next Sunday's issue... ...of the Comic Weekly... ...is the famous Curtis Hawk... ...used exclusively by the United States Army. You will find the cutout of this model... ...in your Comic Weekly with complete instructions on how to cut out the parts, assemble them, and paste them together. It's great fun, and thousands of boys and girls are making a collection of these famous models designed exclusively for the Comic Weekly by Mr. Wallace Rigby, who is internationally famous as designer of these model airplanes, drawn to scale and accurate in every detail. You will thrill at this new model of the Curtis Hawk. Don't forget, these models come to you with the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling radio adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at the same time next week over the same station. Be sure to tune in.